It's a pleasure to see everybody again, although I'm not actually looking at the screen of the uh, Zoom, but uh, I know you're out there and uh, appreciate you being here. Appreciate that uh, as a school we can look back after about a month of, of learning together, the ups and downs, the trials and tribulations, the challenges that we faced um, as a school, uh, as, a, as a people, unprecedented challenges that uh, are not yet behind us. Not only are not yet behind us, uh, there is some apprehension in the air. What's it going to be with a new spike in the flu season coming up? Eretz Yisrael is pretty much on a, a complete shutdown, which is, when you think about Yom Kippur and the desire of so many Jews to be in shul on Yom Kippur. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu is saying no. He's saying it's, it's not going to happen. And even here, it's... Uh, not simple, the heat, the schedules, inside, outside, all of the rules and regulations, it can uh, can make you dizzy. And it's not simple. I mentioned the other night, we had a, we had a program, Baruch Shem, of a big kid of Shishem, of a Shifman, Rabbi Majeski. Um, I mentioned there that we don't know what's going up in Shemayim. We don't know all of God's calculations. But one thing is pretty clear, that this is a unique test for all of us. And a unique test needs to bring out the best in us. It needs to mobilize us to stand up to the challenge. As the famous saying goes, when the going gets tough, Christ needs to get going. We need to somehow find the way, Rabbi Isai, and I'm putting it straight on you guys. I know, what, what are you talking to a bunch of teenagers about Klai Yisrael and about destiny, about future, about the uh, big implications of what this Yom Kippur means? Well, you know, let's talk to the rabbis, talk to, talk to the, uh, maybe the older folks, whatever, but uh, why am I talking to, to what, a hundred or so teenagers? Well, I, I'm talking to Rabbi Isai because I don't think you realize the incredible power that you have. The incredible, the incredible power of your prayers, the power of your actions, the power of your sentiments and concerns and, and the ability to connect to one another. There is strength that you have that's so much more pure and therefore so much more powerful in your young lives that you can bring to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and sometimes the older rabbis can't do it. And I, it's hard to know for sure. I, I, I speculated the other night. I'm just going to speculate again to, to all of you. We don't know what's going on in Shemayim. But could it be, could it be that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is waiting and ready and anxious and maybe made a decision to bring the gula? Maybe HaKadosh Baruch Hu, as we know from other Chazal and other Midrashim, I'm, I, you know, I'm just, again, I'm speculating, I'm not quoting a Midrash, and I'm not saying this is what's going on, but isn't it possible? Have we not heard of other Midrashim where HaKadosh Baruch Hu makes a decision, and the Malachi Asharis come, and the, the prosecutors come and say, wait, wait, wait a minute, you can't bless the Jewish people, oh, not so fast. These guys you're blessing? These guys, you're, you want to bring an end to all their suffering and finally bring them into Eretz Yisrael and have this incredible uh, moment of redemption where the entire world sees the truth and finally all the darkness is, is unveiled and light shines onto the world. This is what you want to do now for these people. What have they done? Look at, the, look at them. They, they, they're, they're rolling. It's easy. 
It's it's they they they're they're going through the motions. They're serving you, God. There are a lot of wonderful Jews down down there, but come on. Do you really know their inner core, their resolve to truly be committed to you? Maybe if you throw them a curveball, it might not be so easy. If you throw them a curveball, maybe you'll start seeing Jews recoiling and just sort of uh, fleeing and and uh, sort of uh, going back into their own little cocoon in their own world of self-indulgence. How do you know that they're going to rise to the occasion? Now, Kishbaruch again, I don't know, but isn't it possible? Kishbaruch says, well, you know what, I'm going to I'm going to throw all of Klai Yisrael. Maybe I'll add in the rest of the world to boot a challenge. A challenge is not going to be in one country. It's not going to be in one little pocket. It's not going to be in Europe. It's not going to be in Israel or in the Middle East. It's not going to be uh, in, in, uh, in America. I will throw the world a challenge. And the Jewish people will be right in the middle of that challenge because they will never imagine that a time would come where they couldn't go into the, into the base Medrash. They couldn't go into the base Knesses where life would be thrown upside down in upheaval they could never even imagine. And you'll see. You'll see what they're about. I'll show you they're worthy for the redemption. I'll show you they're not going to recoil. I'll show you that I'll bring 95-degree heat. And what will Klai Yisrael do? They'll make minyanim at 6 o'clock in the morning. And they'll have people davening at 6 a.m. to be able to beat that heat. And even though it's unthinkable to get up Yom Kippur and add hours to your fast, is, is that what we want to do? But you know what? We'll do it. Or if people have to dive in their home, are they going to somehow just you know lose sight of what the of the importance of the day? No, they will. They'll rise to the occasion. You'll see. You'll see. They'll find a way. Maybe they can't scream Hashem will kim with a hundred people in the in the room on a Monday night as the entire world is relying on Los Angeles as we are the last bastion. I've said it every every kneel now for so many so many years. Just a recognition Monday night, Rabbi side, whether you're in shul or whether you're at home. When you say the words of Nila, when you pray as the gates are closing, and they've closed already in New York, they've closed long ago in Eretz Yisrael. And I'm not sure what's going on in Hawaii, there, there probably is a minion somewhere in Hawaii, but pretty much the West Coast is the last bastion for the world. They're having breakfast in Eretz Yisrael, and we're still here. It's still Yom Kippur for us, Monday late afternoon, Monday evening. And if we recognize the importance of this day, and we're going to push ahead. Could it not be that Akash Baruch Hu then has that answer to the, to whatever negative forces there are? Sort of saying, you see, look at look at my people, look at my look at my boys, look at my girls, look at them. They're incredible. You bet they're worthy of the gula. You bet I'm going to end this suffering because they've risen to the occasion. And that does not just attest for the. 30-year-olds and the 40-year-olds and the 50-year-olds, that, that's a test for everyone, Rabbi Sai. And you're Tfilos, if you, can, if you can energize those energies, even at the end of the day, on a Monday night where you've already fasted for a long time, but as the Chavetz Chaim writes, if you can mobilize your forces and mobilize your, the power, that power of Tfilah, how amazing is it in this week's parsha towards the end of Hazinu, where the Torah says, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu told Moshe Rabbeinu, Be'etzim hayom hazeh, he took him in the middle of the day. Be'etzim hayom hazeh. What's the point of Be'etzim hayom hazeh, in the middle of the day, why is, that, why is that relevant? And Rashi says in a famous, incredible Rashi, that Be'etzim hayom hazeh is not used too often. It's used when HaKadosh Baruch Hu is going to do the supernatural. 
Rakhish Baruch Hu says to the world, what seems to be impossible, I'm going to make possible. So when the people said to Noah, you think you're going to be safe from the Mabal? You think you're, you're walking into that Teva? If those rains come like you predicted for the last hundred years, if those rains come, you think you're going to be saved? We're going to hold you back. Because Baruch Hu laughs and he says, oh, you're going to hold them back? It's true, you outnumber him maybe 20,000 to, to, to 10, but uh, you're not holding anybody back because I'm in charge. Noach walked into that Teva, the Pesach says, And when the Gentiles, when the Egyptians... Uh, told the uh, the Jews, what, you think you're walking out of here? You think because God says you're getting out of here? We outnumber you, and we outstrength you, and we outmaneuver you, and we out, uh, uh, militarily, we, we're totally superior to you. So you're not going anywhere. And that would seem to be the logical approach when you compare the the meager strength of the Jewish people to the power of the, of, of Egypt. Yet HaKadosh Baruch Hu there too says, I'm going to defy logic. I'm going to defy the laws of nature, and yet, the, the, yes, the odds are completely on the side of the Egyptians, but it's going to happen anyway. God took the Jewish people out of Mitzrayim. And here again, God defies the natural. He does the supernatural. What's supernatural about this? God decides where people die, when people die, and the, all aspects of death we know are in God's hands. They're not in our hands. We can't control that. So what, what does the Pasuk mean? Because the Jewish people said the same sentiment. Moshe, we're, gonna, we're not going to let you die. We're going to hold you back. We're going to muster and energize every power of our tefillah to go against the wishes of HaKadosh Baruch Hu because we typically can do that. Yeah, typically you can do that. What, what, what does that mean? How can you typically decide life and death? That's not a realm of within the human power? And the answer is, oh, yes, it is. We don't think it is. We think it's not. But Rashi, in his brilliance, is telling us that the truth of the matter is, as much as a 400-pound fellow can hold down a 100-pound weakling and say, you ain't going anywhere until God intervenes and says, I'm going to do the supernatural, and he's going to out-muscle you, and he's going to defeat you. When Jews pray in the natural world order, that's what's going to happen. When Jews feel Akar Satov, when Jews feel, as Rashi talks about the fact of how much the Jewish people loved Moshe Rabbeinu, how much Moshe Rabbeinu did for the Jewish people. And that Akar Satov, together with the power of prayer, has literally the, the, the ability to defy the laws of God's world and say, he's not going to die. We're going to bring our chorus atov. We're going to bring our our uh, our power of tefillah. We're going to bring everything we have, and we're not going to let Moshe die. In a typical day, in a typical world, that would be the case. We could control life and death. Our power of tefillah is literally able to give life, or God forbid, take it away. But God says not today. Typically, you're right. Typically. You're like a 400-pound, super, super strong individual holding down a 100-pound weakling because you have the power of tefillah, Klai Yisrael. You come with the power of tefillah, you can hold, you can do whatever you want. You could control your own destiny. But today, I'm taking Moshe Rabbeinu. That's our power. Our boys say that's our power. That's the power that we have to determine our own fate. When we think about the words, as we say on Yom Kippur, we said Rosh Hashanah, to feel it's a daka. 
We have that power. We have that ability to, to, to control our own fate. We can remove the Xera. There might be Xera raw. This might be an evil decree. We don't know what this is because who knows? Maybe it's the final test for us to get over the hump and, and celebrate uh, Mashiach, Matziyom Kippur. We, we have no idea what's, what, what HaKadosh Baruch Hu has planned. But we know one thing. We can make it good. We can make it Mavina Sroha Xera. We can bring the gula, the words that we say, even on Yom Kippur, even though we talk, we think about, about sin and we're focusing on our sins, we're trying to, to eradicate our sins and it's an incredibly uh, special day. How do you have a day where literally you say, I'm sorry, Tagarish Baruch Hu, and you could have done the worst terrific things, no matter what we did, Baruch Hashem, you didn't, but, but even if a Jew did the worst terrific thing, maybe if, even if a Jew went to a place that you say, my gosh, how can I get out of this, this uh, cesspool, this, this, uh, this, uh, this uh, quicksand that's taking me down the hole? Yom Kippur says you can purify yourself. Kishbarach can take the, the person with the dirtiest clothes and make him pristine clean. That's the power of Yom Kippur. But even on this day, we talk about, about the glory of HaKadosh Baruch Hu about the power of Geula, about the longing of, of, of all of Klai Yisrael to see that day when we have the end of all suffering. That's part and parcel even of Yom Kippur. If we stop and reflect, this is who we are. This is really what the inherent power of Klai Yisrael is, the power of Tefillah, the collective power of a unified force, together, concerned for one another. That totally, in a sense, determines our own fate. It's Maviras for Ahagzera. We can remove whatever is evil and and bring to bear all the good that Akash Baruch Hu wants to do for us. We just have to merit it. And maybe one last point, because the power of Tefillah is incredible, the power of, of the Alchet, the power of, of Ashamnu, the power of Vidui, of ter- turning to Akash Baruch Hu and telling him, I don't want to do any more sin. Akash Baruch Hu, please help me. I've maybe I've made mistakes, but I've done a lot of good stuff this year. I know I've made some mistakes, but forgive me. I want to do better. I want to be better. I want to learn more. I want to have a, a better understanding of the Gemara. I want to be able to be a better child to my parents and a better friend to my friends and a, be, a better sibling to my siblings. I, I, I please help me. I want to do it, and I feel terrible for the mistakes I've made. The the power that that has. One other element is so critical. That element of, as we've heard so often, the element of letting things go. The, the element of having that Rahmanas to sort of, you know, not going to hold all the negative feelings. We turn to HaGadosh Baruch Hu, we say to HaGadosh Baruch Hu, HaGadosh Baruch Hu, please let it go. Don't, I know I've made mistakes, but please, I want to be better. Can you please forgive me? Overlook my sins. Don't be so exacting. Don't look with such a close microscope. So, please. You know, you know, I'm in the. You know, I mean it. You know, I, 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 I didn't really mean to be so terrible to be to, to make mistakes. And Akharish Baruch says, you know, <laughs> Yankel, Moishi, uh, I have no problem. Yossi, no problem. I'll, I'll, I'll be able to do that. Just do me a favor. Just do me one small favor. God says, says, can you maybe just practice what you preach? Can you maybe just maybe do the same thing? And aren't you holding all these negative feelings towards this one and that one and this one and that one, and like. You want me to overlook and you want me to forget and you want me to, to sort of absolve you of everything and I'm ready to do it. I have no problem. This is Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur is a day of letting things go. So let it go. Let things go. Don't hold that grudge. Don't plan that revenge. Don't harbor those ill wills. What are you doing? 
You're asking for something that you're not willing to do yourself? Kodesh Baruch Hu says, if you come with that power of, of Mavra Midosov, of just forgiving people, of just not holding a grudge, not having that, that negative, antagonistic feeling that so brings us down, then it opens up the incredible floodgates of tshuva. It, open up, it opens up the, the vistas of, of compassion from HaKadosh Baruch like we can't imagine. And if we can do that in an atmosphere where we are committing to become better people, to be concerned about other people, to reach out to other people, to be that nice guy, sort of not, you know, sometimes, you know, being that brazen fellow or maybe that rough and, uh, rough and tumble guy who have a certain image sometimes, forget the images, forget the expectations, forget all that. This is a time when Klai Yisrael needs every single Jew to step up. Every single individual is critical. The Shoah Kodesh Baruch Hu, we're not going to let this get us down. We're not going to let this COVID thing, it might have forced us into our house, but it's not going to force us away from Hashem. It's not going to force us away from Judaism. No, it's not. we're not going to let it happen. We haven't let it happen. We're not going to let it happen. We're committed to you. And you can't push us away. It won't work. You can't use the, the, the different events going on to, to, to let us, as I said before, retreat into our cocoon. No, no, we're coming back as strong as ever. I'll end with an incredible story. I say this story fairly often, try to say at least once a year. I think it's appropriate, maybe uh, right before Yom Kippur, just to remember the power that we have. And the story is about uh, a fellow who goes to the Baal Shem Tov. I think it's my only Baal Shem Tov story that I say over. Um, and it's a little bit of an unusual Baal Shem Tov story. But the, somebody went to the Baal Shem Tov hundreds of years ago. We know the great, the great Baal Shem Tov, wondrous person, uh, doing incredible things. And he says, you know, I, uh, Rebbe, please, you know, I, I hear all these stories about great people like yourself and you see Elio Anavi. Like, I also want to see Elio Anavi. I'm, what, what am I? I mean, uh, am I not a good Jew? I want to see Elio Anavi. So please, tell me what I need to do to see Elio Anavi. You think, you know, maybe uh, the Valshantov would have said, you know what, take your wishes someplace else. Don't waste my time. Who are you to want to see Elio Anavi? Are you one of the greatest tzaddikim in the world? Do you spend your day helping the Jewish people learning Torah and, and davening to Hashem? Would you come with this? With this, uh, he didn't say that to him. He didn't say. That. He said, oh, "You want to see Elio Navi? Not a problem. This is what you do: you take some Shabbos provisions, you go to this neighboring town, you sit there in shul, and when you spend Shabbos, say you'll you'll see Elio Navi. <laughs> this guy's excited. Well, this is pretty good." Okay, it seems pretty easy. So he takes his provisions, got his Shabbos stuff, the grape juice, the challah, the gefilte fish, or the Moroccan fish, sorry, the Moroccan, and whatever. He's got, the, he's got all the food that he needs, and, um, and he shows up in the neighboring town. He's uh, davening, and, you know, he's waiting for somebody to come over to him. He's just waiting, when's the miracle going to happen? Bottom line is, he, he's the last guy in shul. Everyone's about to leave. The Shamash is closing up, and he says, hello, I mean, you know, I'm here like a... I'm a guest here, like, oh, yeah, I, I, yeah, I forgot to acknowledge that. Listen, yeah, yeah, you can sleep here in the shul. We have a nice bench here you can sleep on. And as far as um, Emil, we have an almana. There's a widow here who um, has a son, and uh, she would, you know, she likes company. Why don't you eat there, and you'll sleep here, and everything will be good. So, okay, he goes, he goes to the widow, and, uh, you know, knocks on the door. They sent me to this place. I have some food here. She says, oh, she invites him in. Whatever, they have a very nice Shabbos. And both, he has the meals by the widow. He sleeps in shul. He's waiting for this uh, moment, this epiphany doesn't happen. 
goes back to the to the Rebbe, a little dejected, and he says, Rebbe, it didn't happen. He says, okay, go back the next week. Do the same thing. It does the exact same thing, exact same drill, ends up in the Amwana's house, uh, brings his provisions. What new? Elio, where are you? Nothing happens. Now he's getting a little more annoyed, and the Rebbe goes back to the Balshemta, Rebbe, Rebbe, nothing. What's going on here? Don't worry about it. Do it again. Go back next Shabbos. A little exasperated, but he goes, okay, he goes back the next Shabbos, but this time he figures, you know what, what's the point of me going to shul and then being told to go to the Almana? I'll just drop off everything at the Almana's house. I know this is where I'm going to be anyway for Shabbos, so let me just uh, take a shortcut. So sure enough, it's Friday afternoon, getting close to Shabbos. He's about to knock on the Almana's door, on the widow's door, and as he's about to knock, he hears noise inside, and he hears the little boy, sweet little boy, calling out to his mommy, 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 what's, what's going to be? What's going to be? It's almost Shabbos. It's close to Shabbos. There's no food in the house. What's going to happen? What's going to happen? And he hears the mother saying back to the son, Tantala, Tantala, don't worry, don't worry. The last two weeks, Elio came to our house and he brought Shabbos for us. He'll, it'll be good. It'll happen again. And then that Jew realized the Baal Shem Tov delivered to me a very powerful message. I wanted to see Elia Navi. Look in the mirror. You were Elia Navi to this family, to this mother, to this son. You brought them their provisions for Shabbos. You took care of them. She looked at you and saw Elia Navi. That's called seeing Elia Navi. That's maybe even greater than seeing Elia Navi. It's being that Elio Anovi for some other Jew in their moment of need. That's who we are. Doesn't take that much. Took a couple of provisions, some, some chicken, some, some, uh, some fish, some grape juice, and some challah. You became Elio Anovi. That's the power that we have, Rabbi Isai. That's the power we have to harness. At a time that Akash Baruch who's looking down without question saying, let's see what my boys have. Let's see the power that they have. Going to hit him right between the eyes. It's not going to be easy. They're going to think it's going to, the, uh, it's going to start going way down, and then all of a sudden it's going to start coming back up again, and they have to have a second shutdown. And now uh, everyone's chas v'sholem, with the second wave, with the flu. Who knows? We can't be deterred. Not at Shab Shuva, not erev Yom Kippur, and certainly not when Yom Kippur comes. The incredible day of. Of, of kindness, of chesed, of, of unimaginable chesed of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And all he says from us is just, you know what, practice what you preach, let things go, believe in the power of prayer, come to me with that literally supernatural power that can defy any force in the world. And typically, even my will, God says. Because only by Moshe Benu did he defy that power of tefillah. That was that one time when he said, everybody, every other time, you got that power. That's who we are. And if we can become that Elia Navi, be that kind, gentle, sensitive person for the rest of Kali Yisrael, it'll be an incredible schus, Baruch Hashem, that all of us, each and every, every one of us, individually, and our families, and our communities, and Baruch Hashem, Gans Kali Yisrael, should be blessed to a beautiful year, a year of Atzlacha, a year of Bracha, a year of Rafua, a year of Yeshua, and Achamos, Baruch Hashem, and let us very soon celebrate also, Shnaz Gulav Yeshua, have a beautiful Gemara Chasimah Tovah, Shabbos.